You're listening to the sermon, A Blessed Life, from the sermon series, Summer in the Psalms, by lead pastor Dan Krause from Brian Baptist Church, originally taught on Sunday, June 4th, 2023. Good morning, Berean family. How's everybody doing this morning? If you uh, have been coming to Berean for a while, you know we, we typically serve uh, communion, the Lord's Supper, on the first Sunday of the month. We decided to push that off one week, so we will have uh, communion next week just because of the uh, kind of the busyness of our schedule this morning. Uh, before I want to start, I would say, hi, happy birthday, Mick. You look great for 60. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's not 60, but if you were, you'd look great for 60. I, uh, we are in the starting a series, and I'm excited for a couple of reasons. It's, it's summer in the Psalms. I'm excited because I love summer, and I love the Psalms. And together, it's really great. So we'll be going through uh, Psalms. If you have your Bible with you, go ahead and turn to, turn to Psalm chapter 1, and that's where we're going to begin today. Uh, as you turn, I just wanted to talk about a couple of TV shows that I've watched uh, throughout my life. Early, when I was a kid, I remember watching this show, um, the, the Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Do you guys remember that show? Anybody? How obnoxious was that show? But everybody would tune in and watch and just go, wow, I wish I had all of that stuff, right? Uh, just, just opulence. And you'd go into these mansions and they'd have these Rolls Royces and, and all of these things. And they, they just had everything a heart could desire uh, physically. Uh, every, every, every physical thing that you could ever want you would see on episode after episode. I get a little bit older, and there's a, a new phenomenon of shows that come out, uh, the survivor-type shows, where, where people are, are going out into the wilderness, and they have nothing. They have to build themselves a shelter. They have to find themselves water. They have to find themselves food. And they're just trying to survive every single day. Friends, spiritually speaking... Now, there's a huge jump in my analogy, all right? Spiritually speaking, the church should be thriving. I want you to know this. Spiritually speaking, you have everything you need to thrive. Did you know that? But for some reason, so many of us 
are more like on a spiritual episode of Survivor than lifestyles of the rich and famous. I get the whole, you know, greed and sin stuff. Just forget that for this, all right? So many of us are like on spiritual Survivor. And it doesn't have to be that way. You've got everything you need to thrive spiritually. Who would rather thrive than survive? Probably all of us, right? Probably all of us. Listen, we're going to be digging into the Psalms, and I, I hope and I pray that you're going to learn how to and be re-motivated and energized to thrive spiritually because you have everything you need. Let's go ahead and open in prayer uh, before we jump in. God, I just thank you. I thank you that you have indeed given us everything that we need to thrive spiritually. That, that you're a God, a Father, who doesn't want us just to get by in life spiritually, but you want us to have a rich and deep spiritual walk with you. God, we thank you for it. God, I just pray that, uh, that when we dig into your word today, uh, that you would speak in and through me. That a result of today and as a result of this service and this series, God, that we would look more like you when we leave than when we came in. Help us to thrive, God, not just survive. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, again, today begins this series in Psalms. And uh, um, again, I'm particularly excited because I love summer. I love the Psalms and it just goes really well together. Uh, I love the Psalms because they are rich and they are deep. Uh, there is so much you can learn from the Psalms. You, you could spend months and months and months just mining the depths and you would never get all of it. The Psalms speak both to our intellect and to our emotion. Uh, the, the Psalms speak to our head and they speak to our heart. They are, they are connected with one another, yet independent as well. So you can kind of just jump in in places. Before we begin this series in Psalm 1, like I said, so if you haven't turned there, go ahead. You have a minute before I uh, jump into that. But I want to give you some background on this book. First of all, Charles Spurgeon calls Psalms the treasury of David. Uh, King David writes so much of the Psalms uh, that we're going to be looking at. Uh, author James Johnson notes that there are three important things about Psalms that I want you to notice. First of all, they are truth. They are truth. Having been inspired by God's Holy Spirit like the rest of Scripture, we can have confidence that what we read within Psalms is absolute truth. We need to have that. Whenever we pick up the Scripture, we need to have that as an understanding that what we're reading is absolute truth. Not an interpretation. We're reading absolute truth as the words were inspired by God's Holy Spirit. The, the Psalms are truth. We will see in Psalm 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 2, that the righteous will delight in the law. That word law is Torah in Hebrew. Torah means instruction that comes from God. So we're going to be getting instructions that come from God. This is precisely what the Psalms are. They are truth. They are instructions that come from God. They are also poems. These are, this is poetry, being truth that speaks to your mind. They are also poetry which speaks to our heart. Again, in chapter 1, verse 2, it shows that the poetry speaks to both the head and the heart. It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates 
day and night. Delight refers, of course, to one's heart. and Meditating on the law refers to one's head. Hebrew poetry, by the way, it's not based on rhyme, rhythm, or meter like Western poetry is. And this is a good thing because that wouldn't translate into other languages well. Hebrew poetry utilizes parallelism as its main technique, and that translates just fine into our language. The Psalms are truth. The Psalms are poetry. And the Psalms are a book from start to finish. Psalms are, again, they're often read independently of one another, but they do make up a complete book. There is cohesion as you go through the book of Psalms. Within the book of Psalms, there there are five kind of mini books, if you would. Chapters 1 through 41 make up the first book. 42 through 72, the second. 73 through 89, the third. 90 through 106, the fourth. And 107 to 150, the fifth. Each of these books are like sections of the book as a whole. Again, this isn't just any book. This is also a book that is prophetic. And it is a book about Jesus. Listen to Luke 24, 44. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Did you catch that? Jesus talking to his disciples saying, Everything that was speaking about me in the Psalms, Jesus says the Psalms are about him. The book of Psalms are prophetic, speaking about Jesus. Psalm 1 and 2 are an introduction to the book. Psalm 1 gives the qualities of a righteous man or ideal man, while Psalm 2 gives us the quality, qualities of an ideal king. Psalm 2 very clearly is pointing toward, forward towards Jesus. I'm going to re- read uh, chapter 2 real quick. It's only 12 verses, uh, and our text is chapter 1, but I want you to just catch this, that this is referring to King Jesus. Why do nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, um, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron, and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O king, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him there's a lot that we can say about psalms and we could spend another 20 30 minutes at least of today's service uh going over that but uh that wouldn't give me much time to jump into psalm 1 uh which is exactly what i would like to do right now so psalm 1 if you have your bibles i hope you're already turned there i'm going to read them quickly and then we're going to discuss about we're going to discuss what's what we read here Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. 
In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. So the Lord knows the, uh, the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Th- this chapter gives us an introduction. It's like an instruction manual for living a blessed life. I, I think this is talking about thriving spiritually. How do we str- str- uh, thrive spiritually? Well, we have kind of an instruction manual here in chapter 1, and because of that, we should lean in a little bit and learn everything we can. We, we've already concluded that all of us want to be thriving spiritually, that, that, that none of us are satisfied with just surviving, but we want more out of our lives. We want more out of our spiritual walk. Well, is there for the taking for those who follow these instructions in Psalm 1? What we see in Psalm chapter 1 in the beginning is a, a downward spiral of settling into sin. And our first point this morning is this, what not to do. If you want to thrive spiritually, we're going to start off with what you don't do. All right? So don't do the following. Uh, Psalm 1 once said, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Walk, not to walk in the counsel of the wicked. Uh, where, where do we turn for our, advo- our advice in our life is critically important. Who, who is speaking into your life? Are you walking in the counsel of the wicked? Where, where do you get your advice? Where do you get your information from? These things are important because they are feeding you. And what you are fed is going to give you direction in your life. I want you to notice this too, this downward spiral that goes from walking, you can only walk so far before you stop and you stand, and you only stand so long before you sit and you rest. And this is the downward spiral of sin, walking not in the counsel of the wicked. By the way, doing so, when we walk in the counsel of the wicked, we are what we're communicating is we trust what is in the world more than what we what is in the word. If you're walking in the counsel of the wicked. He says, don't stand. The blessed man walks not or stands not in the way of the sinner. Stands not in the way of the sinner. This person looks just like the rest of the world. There is no difference between a, a Christian who is, who is standing in the way of the sinner. There, there's nothing that you can tell different about that person than the non-Christian, the unbeliever. This means that there is no recognizable distinction in the life of a believer and unbeliever if you are standing in the way of the sinner. Ask yourself, do you stand in the way of the sinner? Is there, is there recognizable difference in your life between now and when you first came to Christ? Do people around you say that you are a different person, that, you, that you're a changed man or a changed woman? Better said, a changing man or a changing woman as there's still a lot of work to do in all of us right is there a noticeable difference though in who you were and who you are have you been content to stand in the way of a sinner or are you changing since life has come into your i'm sorry till yeah christ has come into your life 
walk not in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of the sinner. Then he says, nor does he sit with scoffers. This, this refers to resting with the boastful and the braggers. These are people who can get it done on their own and don't need God. Worse, uh, the scoffers are evangelists of evil who call good evil and evil good, who mock the truth. These are who scoffers are, and this is the bottom of that downward spiral of sin. It starts by just walking and getting a little advice and, and uh, your, your life direction from things in this world. Then it moves to standing in the way of the sinner, having really no distinction between you and the world. And it ends in resting with the boastful, with the arrogant, with those who are mocking the truth. We live in a world right now that is full of the scoffers who are mocking what is true, who call what is good evil and what evil is good. I think we're well aware of this, aren't we? This month, this entire month, we've taken a rainbow, something that God has given this world as a promise, as a promise to us. And it's been changed by this world into something far different. Something that is an affront to God and His righteousness. And they've called it something else that is terrible, and pride. Friends, it's not good to be a proud person. God calls us to be a humble people that turns to Him in all of our wants and all of our need. That our steps are given by Him and not ourselves. It's easy for us, though, in some areas, if we're not tempted with a particular sin, it's easy for us to point fingers and say, that group of people. But is there something in our lives as well that we think, you know what, our way is better than yours, Lord. We would never say it, but is there something where we've accepted that as normative in our life? Is there a sin in our lives that we say, this is palatable to me, so therefore it is okay? If we're not careful, we'll be sitting with the scoffers. The text says walking, standing, and sitting. And these three ways leads to dragging people into a sinful life and either surviving spiritually or, or not even surviving spiritually. Follower of Christ, there are decisions that you can make that will impact how much you thrive in your walk with the Lord. We all want to thrive. What are we doing? Well, David in this psalm starts off by saying, let me tell you what not to do. Don't jump into this downward spiral of walking, standing, and sitting in sin what do we do then spiritually thriving people are guided by god's word excuse me it's like 300 degrees up here by the way <laughs> i don't know how it is i see some people like waving themselves or but my goodness it's getting very toasty you gonna all right Spiritually thriving people are guided by God's word. Psalm 1 2, we already read this, but, uh, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. I, I love that David uses the word delight here. Delight. I, I feel like oftentimes in churches and 
and, and wherever you're getting your uh, information, people talk about reading and, 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 and memorizing and understanding God's Word as a chore, as something that it's like a discipline. And, and in a sense, it is a discipline to discipline yourself to be regularly in God's Word. So, so there's truth in that. But guys, I've said this a lot, and I'm going to keep saying, a Christian, or a Christian walk is not drudgery. It, it, it is life-giving. There is wonderment and amazement as you flip through God's Word. You are not just to force yourself with toothpicks in your eyelids to keep your eyes open to read as much of Scripture as you can. We, we, we are given a gift, and it's the Word of God that we can delight in. That is so good. That is so good. You know, maybe, maybe you don't have a, um, a rhythm right now where you're spending much time in God's Word. You, you know, there are good things in this uh, um, uh, world of technology as well that you can use. There, there are free apps that you can have on your phone that will read Scripture to you. Now, probably 90 plus percent of you have Bluetooth in your car. You can just hook that up and play God's Word as you're driving around. You probably won't tailgate me as much if you do. <laughs> Seriously, go ahead and try to road rage while you're listening to Scripture. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say I probably could. Anyways. <laughs> this word delight means this. It means to be greatly pleased in. To be greatly pleased. Guys, we get to read God's Word. We get to hear God's Word read to us. And if we do that more, the more God's Word we put in, the less there's room for the world to put in. You get that? If you just change one thing this week, just change one thing this week, would you give me, would you give me a, a, a chance to prove something to you? And just go ahead and stop listening to whatever radio station you're listening to. People actually listen to radio stations anymore, actually. Some of you do. <laughs> the podcast, to whatever it is you're listening to, even if it's good, right? Would you, while you're driving this week, just listen to God's word being read to you? And tell me next week if there's been a difference in your life, a change in your attitude. God's word is, will transform us. It will transform you. It will cause us to be more like Christ. And you will delight in it. You're not, oh man, I don't want to, I really like listening to the music. I really like listening to whatever. It's good. You know what? That's great. One week. That's all I'm asking you. Just one week. Will you listen to God's word being read to you? This word delight, again, to be greatly pleased in. Our purpose statement at Berean Baptist Church utilizes this concept. We say, we are a community of Christ followers enjoying God together, growing in grace and truth, and taking life in Christ to the heart of Ohio and beyond. Did you notice the enjoying? We get to enjoy God together. You know, if we come in here and there's not a lot of smiles, there's something wrong in our spiritual walk. It's not just about having a bad day. Listen, I've had some bad days. I had, this week, I had a bad day. If you're on Facebook and we're friends, you already know. I woke up, I can't remember what day it was, Thursday maybe, Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday. 
I wake up in the morning, five something in the morning, I'm going to go out and get my cup of coffee. Uh, you know, I, I, it's dark, I decide not to turn the lights on, I know the way down the stairs and all of that, right? Open the bedroom door, and apparently our German shepherd had gotten out of his enclosure and left me a present on the outside of my door. <laughs> that present was stepped on by me. Has anybody ever experienced that? Like, I don't mean to be gross, but right up through the toes, you know? <laughs> I'm also a germaphobe. Kelly will attest to this. I washed my foot at least twice for several minutes each time. It was, it was so disgusting. That's how my day started. It was actually a really good day, other than stepping in the present left behind. Until the end of the very end of the day, we're outside working, we're a little bit behind and getting a garden in, and we're doing all this stuff, and I'm trying to get these fence posts so we have the electric fence around the area so that animals don't eat everything that we put in the ground this year, like the years past they have. And uh, the last thing I'm doing is putting these defense posts in a tractor bucket. And I, and I take, and I'm just wearing like, um, you know those Hey Dude shoes? The, the mine are like three years old and there's like nothing on the bottom of it. Well, as I'm picking stuff up, I step down on this board that had a nail sticking up through it. Same foot as the dog poo. <laughs> Somebody pointed out the timing could have been worse. <laughs> right in the middle of my foot. I didn't swear. <laughs> That's, hey, listen, you take, you take every victory you can get. You start your day stepping in the present from the dog, you end it with a nail, and you don't swear, you say, okay, God, thanks. I'll take it. I'll take it. We have bad days, but we can still be filled with joy. Now, that joy might be robbed for a moment of stepping on the, you know, or the nail. That could be robbed for a moment, but it doesn't last. Because it, is, it's, it's, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life when you're filled with the joy of God. You can, re, you can have the joy of God in the worst of circumstances. I, I've walked through people going through the most horrendous things who have a strong faith and trust in the Lord. And you can see even while they are struggling, even while the enemy is using it as best as he can to rob them of their joy, that he's not being successful. Because even in the midst of tremendous pain, there can be joy. You guys, nowhere in God's Word does it say, hey, the more of the Bible you know, the less problems you will have. I, I, don't, want you to tell, I don't want you to walk away hearing that. The Bible doesn't say if you just trust in the Lord, all of your problems will be taken away. Life will be easy. Everything, everything from here on out is just going to be, you know, prosperous. And you're going to make more money. And you're going to have fewer bills. And you're going to have less health issues. Nowhere, nowhere does it say that. But God does say, I will be with you always. Even in the midst of all of that stuff that we're going to face on this side of heaven, we can have joy. And by the way, the, more, the, joy, the amount of joy you have in your life is in direct proportion to the amount of time you spend in God's Word. I really believe that. I really believe that. Maybe right now you're in a spiritual desert. You might look like my garden. Maybe you're in a spiritual desert right now. Listen, just do that one thing and listen to God's word on audio this week and see if that doesn't start to change things for you. I believe it will. I believe it will.
We are meant to delight in God's law or Torah. The man and woman of God is to delight in God's truth. And by the way, all those things where I said the Bible doesn't promise us this side of heaven, things change on the other side. We, we are promised this eternal future where Jesus will wipe away our tears, where there will be no more sickness, where there will be no more death, where there will be no more temptation to sin. All of those things will be stripped away and we will live the lives, truly living the lives that we were meant to. That day is coming. That day is coming. The blessed man meditates on God's truth day and night. Friends, you can't meditate on what you don't know. If you aren't thriving spiritually right now, it could be that you aren't spending time enjoying God and resting in His Word. And if you're not, you're using that energy somewhere else. And it's likely not the appropriate place. Spiritually thriving people are guided by God's Word. And spiritually thriving people are planted where they can be nourished. Psalms 1, 3, through 4, 3 and 4 says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff the, that the wind drives away. A healthy tree, friends, or any plant for that matter, needs to be planted in a place that it can receive the nutrients it needs to thrive. We are no different. We are no different. In the case of our text, the blessed man is like a tree planted by streams of water. Does this sound familiar for those of you who study uh, New Testament? John 4, 13 and 14. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. See, a tree planted by streams of water. Revelation 21.6, and he said to me, it's done. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. Are you planted by the streams of water? Isaiah 44.3, let's go back to Old Testament. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. John 7, 37 through 39, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Are you planted by these rivers of living water, water, church? Now this he said, he's going to tell us what we're talking about. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus had, was not yet glorified. At the moment of your salvation, you received this comforter, the Spirit of God. And we are to be planted in this Spirit of God as He gives us the living, the streams of living water to nourish us, to give us everything that we need to thrive spiritually is given to us 
through God's Holy Spirit and through God's Word. Nourished by His Holy Spirit, and will allow us to produce good fruit. Being nourished by God's Holy Spirit will allow us to produce good fruit. The fruits of the Spirit. I have to write it down because I'll sing it otherwise. I was a children's pastor, but love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Are there any of these things that you don't want in your life? No, of course not. Every one of them, we want more of it, don't we? How do you get, how do you produce those fruits is by being planted by the streams of living water. Letting the Spirit of God mold you to instruct you through His Word, to transform you into the image of Christ who has saved you. You are to delight in it because of what it produces in you. Guys, our God is awesome. He is awesome. The fact that He didn't just wipe us out because of sin is, is remarkable. But it goes so much further than that by, by offering you salvation, by, by offering you this incredible joy that you can have in your life despite your circumstances. Our God is so incredibly good to us. The end of this chapter gives another distinction between the blessed man and the wicked man. And that distinction comes at judgment. Psalm 1, 5, and 6, Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. These things that we're talking about will come to an end. And judgment will take place. Every single one of us to be judged. I am so grateful that when the judge, when God the Father looks down on me to render judgment, he will see his son Jesus and not me and what I have done. Because of the cross and Jesus' blood that has been poured out on the cross, he has taken the punishment of my sin and in exchange given me his reward. How incredible is that, church? How incredible is that? We have so much to be filled with joy for. We have so much to be looking forward to. You know, as we move forward in our lives, it's, it's standing out to me how quickly years begin to accelerate once you round a certain number. Now, some of you are laughing at me because you're younger. Some of you are laughing at me because you're older. You're like, just wait, buddy. It gets worse. I was, I, was, I was looking at pictures of my grandchildren yesterday, and I was just thinking back to when I was a younger person. Just, you know, did you ever think when you were younger, people who have grandchildren now, I wonder what it would be like. Like, will I ever be a grandparent? Have you ever thought that when you were younger? Do you remember those thoughts? Man, it seems like those thoughts were like 10 minutes ago. And now my oldest granddaughter turned six. I know, it's crazy that I'm so young. <laughs> yeah. You can believe it with Kelly, but me. Just kidding. I'm going to ask the band to go ahead and come on up. It sounds like they are anyways. 
There will come a day that the deeds of the wicked and the deeds of the righteous will be judged. For the wicked, there will be no excuse, and the punishment will be severe and eternal. It's that serious. For the blessed man, the man who is planted by streams of living water, the man who is filled with the Holy Spirit of God, being filled with God's Spirit again is a direct result of surrendering your life to Jesus Christ and having His righteousness given an account or accounted to you. Church, if you've accepted Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, if you've surrendered your life to Him, I know you know this is old news for you, but I hope that you can still celebrate in it this morning. Knowing who we are, what is in our hearts, what is in our heads, the things we have done, the things we have thought, the things we have said, the punishment that we deserve, knowing those things, I hope that every morning you can wake up and say, Hallelujah, God took the punishment of those things from me and gave me His righteousness and His eternal reward. For those of you who haven't surrendered to Jesus as Lord and Savior, friends, can I tell you something? Whether you surrender or not, He is Lord, and you'll find out today or later. Would you put your faith and trust in Him today? Would you allow yourself to be planted by streams of living water to be changed from the inside out, to be given the hope of glory and a reward that you can't ever deserve? I want to pray. I want to pray. So would you close your eyes and bow your head? With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, Follower of Jesus, maybe you're right now, you are in a, a spiritual desert. You are surviving but not thriving. And you, you want things to get better. You want to grow and mature in Christ. If that is you, would you just slip up your hand? Nobody's looking around. I'm just going to pray for you. You can put your hands down. If you're in this room and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, you haven't put your trust and your faith in Him as Lord, and you'd like to do that today, would you just slip up your hand so I can pray for you as well? Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank You for who You are. We thank You for Your Word that we can delight in. God, for those of us who are in a spiritual desert, that we are not thriving, but we are just surviving. God, direct our steps this week that we may do those things that will help us to start thriving. That we will turn to you for that thriving. God, whatever that is, whatever step that is to take, whether it's just listening to your word or just taking 10 minutes in the morning just to read through your word, May your spirit prompt us to do that so that you could begin that work in our lives so we could thrive spiritually. For anybody, God, in this room or watching online who hasn't taken that step of faith to decide to surrender to you, God, may your spirit 
turn that knocking on the door of their heart to a banging on the door of their heart that they can no longer ignore. And that they would too put their trust and hope and faith in you so that they can rest in you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.